welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. You can grab a seat, but keep your heart soft to what Holy Spirit's doing. Um, what's fascinating is, Hill, did you hear um, Bianca share at the start, or were you settling your kids? You're doing the kids. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know if anyone in here was at the start, heard Bianca, and then you heard Hill, and you can see there's a bit of a theme going on in church today. There's a bit of a, like, God is speaking when Bianca wasn't rostered on, like... Justin was rusted on, um, so Stephen's come up, like Virginia's come up, like God is speaking on some stuff and I just felt this morning when I was um, praying about today, so my personality, for those of you who don't know, I'm like a really organised administrative person, so I like notice when I do things, I like to be organised, I like to spend time, I like to prepare, I like to do a whole lot of, like, tick a whole lot of boxes, I like that, lists, tick them through, love it. And so this morning when I showed up, sorry, when I woke up, I woke at six this morning and I went, okay, I wonder, I wonder if Justin's well enough to, to come to church. And... Here's the truth. Yesterday, Friday, Justin's like, I'm all good. I'm like, great. Yesterday, he's like 50-50. And I had enough faith to go, I'm just going to pray for you to be better so I don't have to preach, then have to work on a sermon. Like, I know, I know. So this morning, I woke up at 6, then at 7, I messaged. I was sleeping on the couch just because of Jude. And um, I messaged Justin. I know I could have gotten out of bed, but it's cold. Um, Are you well enough? I was like, what's going on? And he came out at seven and said, there is no chance I'm leaving this house today. And um, I went, "Mm, mm." I'm going to shower and go up to church now to work on a message because I'm on the back foot from the get-go and then Jude started vomiting and a vomiting child wants mum in our house. I don't know what it's like in your house but wants mum. So 8.30 I'm trying to scramble out the door. Going to church starts an hour and a half and I've got nothing. Like I've got nothing. Like I preached two weeks ago and I'm not on the roster for two months so I'm not even working on anything. Like I've got nothing. So I sit in the office, I made a phone call to Hill and, you know, sit in the office, I'm like, God, I've got nothing. But you knew. And this is your church. And you've got this. And you love everyone in here more than I do. And I love you guys. But you love them way more than I do. And you have a plan for their lives way bigger than I can even imagine or conceive. You have got this church. It is your church. It's not just in my church. It is your church. And you are the king of kings of this church. And we worship you. And I'm sitting in my office just going, God, what do you want to do today? And so I had a few things that popped up. One was get Stephen involved. Tick that box. I like to tick boxes. Um, but I'm sitting in Justin's office, which I really hate his office. <laughs> like every wall is covered with stuff. <laughs> it's like clutter, full of it. And so I sit there and I just look around and go... <clears throat> like my house is white with clean walls, like... <laughs> So anyway, I'm in there trying to focus and not get angry at his office. And um, <laughs> this is what I go through in my mind, you know. Justin thinks he can't control my mind. My mind goes places too. Anyway, and as I'm sitting there, Justin's light in his office is flickering on and off. Now, I don't want to say that's like super, 
spiritual and God's like doing that on purpose because we got the light globe to LED a couple of weeks ago and that was a hiccup that did happen so you know just premise that God wasn't flickering the light on and off that's a problem and the guy's coming back to fix however in the moment of flickering the light coming on not flickering but it comes off and then it goes on and then it comes off and then it goes on and I'm sitting there and then it stays on for ages and then comes off so it's inconsistent and I'm sitting there and as I'm praying, I just felt like the light was significant. And I felt like the, the, the scripture of Matthew 5 came into my mind of you are the light of the world. And so here's what we're encouraged. I'm going to speak on that this morning, maybe for 10 minutes, because that's all I've got. But um, I want to encourage you, like God uses things, God speaks to us, God shows up, God communicates through everyday life, all day, every day. And we can dismiss it going, oh, well, that's just the broken light. Of course, it's flickering. Or we can say, God, what do you want to speak to me through this? And so we have these moments every day where we get to allow God to speak to us through things that may seem insignificant or mundane, but He is so powerful and can work through anything that even the rocks will cry out. So I'm going to speak today with a 40-minute prep time from Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Oh man, sorry, I thought... Anyway, I'm on a journey of healing with my eyesight. I thought it was, but this morning it was, I was like this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And some of that stood out to me and spoke to me and all the rest of it. But let's just jump to Matthew 6 verse 1. So remember that. You are the light of the world. Sit in a hill. Don't hide yourself. Allow your good deeds to be seen so that they glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 6, 1. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, for those that actually know this verse, you know where I'm about to go. Different versions use different language, but because the NIV is the one I read, this is the one that I read. Oh, man. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness in front of others. The, the translation of that is be careful not to perform. Be careful not to perform your acts of righteousness in front of others. If we go to verse 2 there, here's why. Here's why we don't do that. And, you know, for those that still don't get it, you'll get it in a minute. So when they give, sorry. So when they give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. Why do we not do it? Because we're we're considered like the hypocrites do. So when we do our good date, when we perform... When we perform in front of others, we are just like the hypocrites. When we do things as a performance, as a sing and dance, as a look at me, we are just like the hypocrites. But do your good deeds, (laughs) 
because you were a light on a hill. What's the difference? Identity. Identity. Difference is identity. One, you know who you are and whose you are. The other, you want people to know. Big difference. Big difference. (laughs) When you know your identity, you are a city on a hill. You are a light that cannot be hidden. This year we've been talking about This year we've been talking (laughs) about being at the table and about worshipping him, seeing him. Mm. One of the biggest things that come out of that is our identity, which can seem a bit weird when we say, well, when we're worshipping God, when we're seeing his nature, when we're seeing his character, when we're seeing him, how does that affect me? It affects you completely, your whole life completely. Because all of a sudden, when you see him correctly, you see yourself correctly. When you see his character and nature and how he sees you and what he says about you and how he um, looks at you and what he puts into you, you get to step into that because now you're seeing yourself correctly. You're not seeing yourself through the world's eyes. You're not seeing yourself through what your parents and friends have said. You're not seeing yourself through what your teachers and your bosses have called you. You are now seeing yourself through the lens of Father God. So this year we've been focusing on who He is. And today I want to encourage us, which we have done on and off this year, but encourage us about our identity. We haven't stepped into that this year. We've done it in previous years. And I know we do harp on it a bit as a church. And I tell you what, we will never stop harping on it because how you see you is super important. That will either stop you or give you the green light. That will either show you lies that you're believing or you live in freedom. How you see yourself and your identity in Christ is incredible and super powerful and super important. So when we talk about you are the light of the world, when we talk about this, you are the light of the world and we talk about don't do your good deeds, it's all coming down to your identity in Christ. One thing that that I, I don't know a lot about light and again, 40 minutes of research went into this, which meant, aka Lee's brain, um, (laughs) aka not very good at school. Mm. Um, Light probably needs a lot of things, but I'm just going to make a big call and say the number one thing, a flame. Like when we're talking about light in the Bible, electricity is not there. Yeah, we've got this. Like we're talking about flame, like a light flame candle, yeah, no electricity, doesn't exist, they don't know about it. So when you're talking about a flame on a candle, I'm going to say the biggest thing it needs is oxygen. It probably needs other things, but the biggest thing it needs is oxygen. These two verses, one chapter apart, on the same page, one is oxygen. One is the light, uh, the, the, the breath of God. One has his presence. One has his air and the other does not. 
So when we talk about identity and we talk about light and we talk about your life, the oxygen of God, the air, Adam and Eve, God breathed air in, came to life, that has to be here. So if we go back to identity, I'm just going to say a few things. I just jotted, this is it, some notes on identity. And look, that's to say the list is like way longer than Lee's scribble. You are loved. Loved. I pray that I pray over my kids every night. I, I ebb and flow with prayers, they change. But something that I pray at the moment every night over them is that they will know the unconditional love of the Father. And I'd like to stand up here and say, I know it. I, I, I don't know the full extent of his unconditional love. I'm on a journey. I know he loves me. But there's still a few lies that I have to go, oh, no, when I do this, he does love me. It's unconditional. Jeepers. Unconditional love of the Father. You are alive. These are just some of the things as your identity. You are alive. So yesterday, so Jude vomited this morning, yes. Jude also vomited yesterday morning. Now this morning, we're going to pretend he didn't vomit this morning for the sake of this illustration. So he vomited yesterday morning. Now, my son has a phobia of vomit. Last time he vomited, he was in hospital. Like, we're talking a full... Well, I told you the story about when Bella was vomiting. No, she didn't even vomit. She was threatening to, and Jude's literally yelling at me, kick her out of the house. <laughs> like, we're talking full-blown phobia. Um, cannot stand it. If, if Justin says, I feel like I'm going to vomit because he ate too much at dinner, Jude runs to the other end of the house, get away from me, Dad. And then you have to explain its expression and then I give Justin the evil eyes on, why would you say that? Now I have to parent this child. So yesterday morning, vomits. The whole day, I could not get food and water into him because he was so scared he was going to vomit again. So his tummy is extremely empty. I got water into him. I know all the medical people, it's okay. He's still weeing. It's okay. We're getting water into him, but like bare minimum. If at the end of today, you know, we're still trekking, then I'll consider something else. He's not living a life that's alive right now. He's living a life crippled with fear of the what if. What if? What if I eat? plain toast and it makes me vomit. Therefore, I'm not going to eat the plain toast. What if I drink too much water and it makes me vomit? And it's even got to the point where we called my mum, who's a nurse, probably 20 times yesterday, Nana, can I eat this? Yes, Jude, you can eat that. How on the phone, Jude, all right, let's eat it. Now, nah, what if Nana's wrong? Oh, man. What if Nana's wrong? Everything just wanted to shut in him, but anyway. <laughs> but you are alive. It's your identity. Not living in the negative what-ifs. 
not living out of fear on what if this happens or what if that happens or what if I give this a go and it fails. It may actually fail and that's okay. Because then we go to number one. Well, it's not number, just on my list. You are unconditionally loved. Unconditionally loved. Like you cannot fail in the eyes of God. Mm, mm, I don't want to get into that theological discussion, so I'm just going to move on. If that tweaks some of you, I'm sorry. Oh man, I feel like I've made a mess. Thank you. Here we go. I'm going to keep going. Strong. You are strong. I love the rest message and I love that we need to take rest and 100%. Dylan messaged me this morning. I'm like, you rest up, buddy. Nolene's sick. Rest up. Like I understand rest from a physical perspective and I understand rest from a spiritual perspective. But let's remember our identity is we come from a place of strength in Him, not from a place of weakness, from a place of tiredness, from a place of I don't have enough. Everything you need, you have, but we need to have wisdom with also that picture. Does that make sense? You are a treasure. You are a treasure. You are filled with the Spirit. You are victorious. I love this language because you know me, I just love it. You are victorious. The battles you are facing, you are victorious in. One of the best sermons I heard as a teenager, don't remember the message, but just remember this analogy. Sports field, let's say AFL football, two teams playing, the scoreboard is up there, the scoreboard already says you've won, regardless on how you're playing. Regardless on what is happening on the field, regardless on what is going on around you, you have won. The scoreboard tells you you have won and that's not changing. You are victorious. It's who you are now and forever. It doesn't change and it doesn't move. It's not like the, the other team, get, the enemy gets ahead for a moment and then we take, no, 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 you have won. You're on the winning team, full stop. It doesn't change. It doesn't go back and forth, doesn't ebb and flow. You are victorious. It's who you are. You are under grace. You are never alone. Never alone. Virginia at staff meeting on um, Tuesday night shared this one. (laughs) Loved it. Like literally, Jesus is the plane and I sit inside the plane to go anywhere with God driving it. I am in Jesus. I am never alone. Never alone. I am in Him. Like we're not on... (laughs) We're not heading to a destination and yes, we are, but the the emergency doors are not opening up where we escape and we're outside of Jesus. We are in Him the entire journey. Your entire life, you are in Him. You are not alone. You are empowered. You are powerful. You are righteous. You are a masterpiece. Amen. My house is a masterpiece. You might disagree with me and that's okay. I am the owner and it is a masterpiece. God is your father and you are a masterpiece. Others might say otherwise, but to the owner's eyes, the father's eyes, you are a masterpiece. You are gifted, you are chosen. 
You were hand-picked, chosen. You were called. You were saved. You are a saint. You are not a sinner. You are a saint who sometimes sins. When God created me, he created me to be healthy. He created my body to be healthy. And sometimes I choose to eat unhealthy food. I go outside the nature in which God made me. For those who know me know I have an addiction to chocolate. I am four and a half weeks sugar-free. Like, that's a big deal. So if you are addicted to something, I'm just going to release that one. Like, cold turkey it. Like, so, like, no sugar. So it's not like I just go, no, to chocolate, so I'll have lollies instead. (sighs) That would be so easy. (laughs) So easy. But you are a saint. It's who you are. When God sees you, Oh, when God sees you, he doesn't see Jesus just protecting a a sinful person. He sees you as Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he's not going, Jesus, you're a sinner. Good thing you. He sees him as his son in perfection. You are a saint. Let's move on. You are blessed. You are blessed. I don't know if there's people in here that need, like, I'm just going to sit on the finance side of things for a second. This week, our, um, we got two bills. Well, you get them every year, our rates and our house insurance, and both have gone up over $600 each. And they went up last year massive as well. And it's easy to sit back and go, well, that's $1,000 out of this month's budget that I wasn't planning on. Crap. Am I say that? I did. <laughs> Or I can sit knowing that I am blessed and my father has all the cattle, all the riches on a hill and I get to step in and trust him for that because I faithfully tithe, I faithfully give, I follow his promises and with those have, have promises back to me. You are blessed. And if you're not sitting in that right now, or you're going, ah, I want to encourage your faith level to increase and, and, and see him as a perfect father who gives good gifts to his children. But then I also want to challenge with that do you tithe message because there's a massive promise with that one. So, you know, you might want to step into that as well. And it's not about works. So then here we go. We can't do works to get God's love or his blessing. So, you know, go figure that one out in your head like that verse. You know, go do, you do that yourself. You are equipped. You are salt and light. You are free. You are free. I'd like to say that I live a free life, but let's be honest, I'm not fully there yet. Lee's owning up to a bit this morning. That's what happens when I go off the cuff. If I lived a fully free life, I'd pray for everyone that I encountered who needed prayer. So I know that I'm not fully free. I know that I've still got some work in here with Holy Spirit to live a life like Jesus lived, because that's the goal, is to live a life like Jesus did. And I know I'm not there. 
However, my identity says that I have it. Yes. So I get to go on the renewing of the mind with God to allow that truth to hit my life in its fullness. Not partially, fullness. So those of you who know my son Jude... Um, we've been struggling this year with his sleep and it got to the point where I had to sleep in his room because of fear and night... Well, he wasn't having nightmares, but he was fearful to go to sleep. Once he was asleep, he was mostly fine. And so over the last couple of weeks, that's, you know, we've been shifting and trying different things and right now the routine is talking time in bed because he's a, a... snuggler and just wants to snuggle and talk and i um, glad that fills his bucket because I want to go do my list of things but I love him. Then we pray together, then I sit on the chair at his door and read in the Bible and then we pray a worship song, play a worship song and that's the routine and once we do all that he goes to sleep. So it's like presence. He's got a vivid imagination, so that's where he's imagined, like he thinks his room's flooding, like we're talking unlogical thought processes, like it doesn't make sense. And as much as I say, like last week he had bugs in his bed and he couldn't have his doona on, like real unlogical thought processes. But he's got this imagination that God created and it's powerful and at the moment we're just teaching him how to use it for the kingdom, not allow fear to creep in. So here we are. I'm reading my Bible, I read his Bible. And then what song do you want to play? And at the moment, he's choosing the song Praises, which we did the last couple of Sunday mornings. It's like a bit of an upbeat song. And um, we do Praises. And um, here he is in bed. Song's playing super soft because it's not to rally him up, it's to go to sleep to. And when he used to choose like Gyra or You Make Me Brave, that made sense because it's a quiet song, whereas now it's like an upbeat song. But anyway, we play it. And here's my five-year-old in his bed, done the prayer, done the Bible reading, put the song up, song on, super soft, and here he is. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, praise, oh my... Like he's singing way louder than the, the music's playing, like top of his lungs. And at the end, he goes to sleep. I say this, I say that to say he's walking in his freedom. He's walking in his breakthrough. And I'd like to say that I'm back in my bed and I'm back, you know, you know, all of that. Not yet. But he is free and he's walking in his freedom. I want to encourage everyone in here, you are free. You are free. And maybe there's some things you need to remind yourself and your soul, your soul of because I'm going to praise the Lord and I'm telling my soul I'm praising the Lord you are forgiven you are wonderfully made you are a citizen of heaven you are transformed accepted healed adopted and I'm going to end it there except to say this Actually, Mitchie, jump up on keys, please. Um, Or if he's not in here, James, you can jump up on guitar. Um, No, here he comes. You are adopted. 
When you are a child, sorry, when you are adopted into a family or a home, you have access to that family. You have all legal everything. Everything is yours. Just as legitimately, actually more legitimately than a birth, a child conceived naturally. Adoption is more powerful. And we've been adopted into the kingdom of God. And a lot of our journey in discovering our identity and who God made us to be, a lot of that is a renewing of the mind, spending time in His presence, spending time with God, seeing His character and nature and allowing Him to see, allowing Him to show us who we are. And we've been talking as a church about God just, you know, adding on to the generations gone past. And, you know, I preached on this a couple of weeks ago and I can't even remember the sermon, but it was really good. And it was about the generation telling the next generation His mighty works and His power. And so we, as people, we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks that God is adding on. We are seeing God in different facets. We're seeing more of who He is and we are seeing and sharing with each other and gleaning from each other who He is. And in adoption, we have full access of who God is. Are we going to fully know His entirety this side of eternity? No, He's too big for us to conceive in our minds. Eternity, yes. But we get to grow. We get to grow together. And Mark on Tuesday night at staff meeting, it was a really good staff meeting if you haven't picked up on that. Tuesday night at staff meeting, Mark after worship just said, I've got a word from the Lord. I just feel like God is encouraging us. This is Lee's interpretation of what he said. um, To search where we haven't searched before. And see, my kids, they search my house. If they know I've got things hidden for them, they go searching everywhere. And when we play hide and seek, they go searching every square inch of the house. And what God um, challenged me on, on Tuesday night, what He challenged me on was, Lee, you only ever search in familiar places, but you've already searched in those places, try somewhere new. And I know it makes, it sounds ridiculous saying search where you've never searched before. Because of course, if you haven't searched there, go search there. It makes complete sense. Except we as people of habit tend to search and tend to look at places that are familiar, that are safe, that are comfortable. But children that are adopted, people that are adopted where they have full access, they're inquisitive and they go hunting because they want to check it out. I want to leave this morning by saying that word. Go and search God in places you haven't searched before. Go and look for Him in places you haven't experienced Him before. And maybe that is unconditional love. Maybe you go, I've never actually gone after and sat in God's unconditional love. This week, I'm going to search for Him in that. Maybe that is in peace. Maybe that is in healing. Maybe that is in blessing. Like the list goes on in your identity in Him. And I'd encourage you this week to go, God, this is your character and nature and I haven't experienced you in that area before and I'm gonna search you out. And I'm gonna experience that for myself and I'm gonna allow that to touch my heart with a great revelation that that becomes a part of my foundation. 
Let's all stand. I'm just going to ask the prayer team to come and join me. I don't know if Nolene was on that today, but if you're on the prayer team, come and join me. I'm going to end church with that encouragement that God so wants to reveal Himself to you, that He so wants you to experience Him in ways that you actually need Him right now, in ways that you actually um, need to rest in right now. And He wants to show up, not next week or next year, but right now and tomorrow when you wake up and the next day when you wake up and the day after when you wake up. So God, I pray right now for everyone in Echo Church. I thank You, God, that this is Your church, that we are Your children, that You adopted us into Your family and that You have every answer. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that this week is a week of searching, is a week of experiencing Your presence, is a week of seeing Your character and Your nature, a week of spending intentional time with You this week. In Your powerful name I pray. Amen.